0: Ladies and gentlemen, here is the latest bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News, Toronto, Canada. Professor Morris of Macmillan University reports observing a total of three explosions on the planet Mars between the hours of 7.45 p.m. and 9.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This confirms earlier reports received from American observatories. Now nearer home comes a special bulletin from Trenton, New Jersey. It is reported that at 8.50 p.m. a huge flaming object believed to be a meteorite fell on a farm in the neighborhood of Grover's Mill, New Jersey, 22 miles from Trenton. The flash in the sky was visible within a radius of several hundred miles, and the noise of the impact was heard as far north as Elizabeth.
1: Orson Welles, War of the Worlds. Never before had a radio broadcast provoked such outrage or such chaos. Upwards of a million people convinced, if only briefly, that the United States was being laid waste by alien invaders, and a nation left to wonder how they possibly could have been so gullible. By quarter past eight Eastern Time, telephones were ringing madly all across the country as concerned Americans tried to determine the whereabouts of relatives, warn friends and acquaintances, and most of all, corroborate what they were hearing. A what? Wait a minute. For the next several hours, newspapers, radio stations, and police precincts from coast to coast would be swamped with calls. Well,
0: I can't help that, ma'am. We just don't know anything about it. Well, did I say something about a quiet Sunday evening? What's going on?
1: Soon, strange bulletins began coming in over the press service wires. In Bergenfield, New Jersey, just north of Grover's Mill, some 20 families turned up at a police station with all of their household possessions piled into their cars. In Indianapolis, a woman rushed the pulpit in a Methodist church, shouting that the end of the world had come. And in Washington state, a spectacularly ill-timed power failure plunged the small town of concrete into darkness and sent terrified residents fleeing into the mountains.
0: The battle which took place tonight at Grover Mills has ended in one of the most startling defeats ever suffered by an army in modern times. 7,000 men armed with rifles and machine guns hit it against the single fighting machine of the invaders from Mars, 120 known survivors. Here's a special bullet from New York. Well, my wife, she came in, my wife just wringing her hands and, and wailing away, her eyeballs about to pop out onto her lap going, what is it, what is it, what could it be, is it the Germans? Well, she hadn't heard the word Martians but I had. There's a brief statement informing us that the charred body of Carl Phillips has been identified in the Trenton Hospital. Now here's another bulletin from We Washington
1: think Washington that we're really smart, of but if there's a cue out there that could possibly be dangerous, we're going to react to it protectively, autonomically, instinctively, fear first, and reason and facts second.
0: All right. So what can you can you
2: guess what we're talking about today?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're talking about aliens. Mm, But
2: yeah, at the uh aliens, but kind of the uh the coup de gras of the the alien conspiracy theories. Yeah, this is uh, as to what exactly might be going on.
3: Like I was telling you, this is like wearing a tinfoil hat on your tinfoil hat. (laughs)
2: So, what uh, we just watched there, uh, well, first of all, welcome to the Conspiracy Dad Podcast. My name is Dante. Dave. I'm going to start letting you introduce oh, yourself. Oh, thanks.
3: I, I, I think it's great when you do it. Yeah.
2: I, I just like, uh, maybe we can switch it up and you do the intros, I do the intros. I like- uh, I don't like to steal yeah. the show, even though I am the lead singer. Now, one of my
3: favorite podcasts to listen to is ruined every time when the host has the other members- announced like they mm-hmm. do their hello, their yeah. sign on, and the all momentum. three of them. Yeah, it yeah. just kills it. So, you you do a great job all right, every time. All right. keep well, keep, I don't I'll mind keep taking it. the the ball every once in a while, but yeah, listening to somebody do their sign on what's up people like it's never (laughs) never good
2: well it's good to have everyone here with us this is the conspiracy dad podcast we are uh happy to have you listening or watching and we are talking about how to fake an alien invasion we talked about uh faking a moon landing i forgot to hit the switcher again they've just been looking at my pretty face but they'll see you in a minute sorry (laughs) go ahead
3: uh yeah it's appropriate i suppose since we've been talking about faking a moon landing for the last few episodes now Now we can talk talk about about us faking faking somebody somebody else visiting us us. yes Yes. yeah
2: But before Before we we get get into that that, i'm gonna unplug that real quick (laughs) 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 ah hold on
0: a second i have to edit this out okay now
2: we're back in business um Sorry about that. World. Uh I had a bit of a uh, exciting day. Yeah. And I texted you earlier today. Uh-huh. Um and this could be like a podcast. It's another podcast of its own that uh, we'll get to. But uh I had an encounter with a Masonic temple. And I'm not very uh knowledgeable of masonry, Freemasonry or uh, I'm a Catholic, and we've always just been told to stay far, far away from the Masons. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, the little bit of cramming I did about the Freemasons—that's one of the first things that comes up—is like Catholics and Masons—they don't get along. I seriously—I so
2: they... I mean, growing up, that's that's what I've always been taught: is you just you you, you don't uh, want to have anything to do with the Masons. You pray for them, but don't.
3: The Cliff Notes, if you just Google going, it, gonna... are uh, basically like the Freemasons originated out of. Uh, group of Masons, like stone bricklayers. Yeah. And, uh, it sounds like there wasn't room in the cathedral and this group of bricklayers decided they were going to like get their own little chapter of a cathedral, like a kind of a branch off. Mm-hmm. We'll do a startup of our own. And so of course the Catholic church was like, Whoa, Whoa, we don't do startups. Yeah. You guys are under our umbrella. And so that was kind of the, the Genesis of the Freemasons. Um, growing up in a Protestant household, I'll tell you, we were also told to stay away from Oh, really? Yeah. So it wasn't one of those like.
2: But they are Protestant. I know they have to yeah, been Protestant because yeah. you can't yeah. be Catholic and right. a Mason. Like the Catholics won't take you. Yes. Right. Which yeah. is funny because I had a buddy growing up who his dad was a Freemason. He's Catholic. Oh. And it's like, he just he always kept it quiet. Like, don't. He, he just married into the family. Okay. I don't think he ever converted to Catholicism, but they de- definitely didn't like yeah. uh, didn't like to uh you know tell the world that he was a freemason. I don't
3: again, I I don't know that I'm aware of. I don't know any freemasons. I think I've had a few conversations with them and they are always pretty ambiguous about what goes on in there. And, and I, I, I know why
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got a pretty good idea of why they don't talk about what goes on in those temples. So I was at a certain, I don't want to mention names because they're kind of clients of mine. So I don't want to create some sort of, uh, there
3: are a lot of them out there and I'm sure that the one you went to is not the only one with this feature.
2: No, but I don't want to create scandal for yeah. uh, somebody that's just trying to run a business, but sure. I was at a place where they've turned a old Masonic temple into a business. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was talking to the, uh, superintendent who had finished this project and we were talking about conspiracy stuff. And he, he just, uh, he said something about like, Oh yeah. And this place, you know, has some pretty odd, you know, we saw some weird stuff in here and this is, this is over a hundred year old building. Uh And so, um, he he said that in the process of remodeling, he said we found a blood trough built into the third floor. Say it again. The, the <laughs> blood it was a blood trough built into the third floor flooring under a secret door. And I was immediately like, I need to go see that. And he's like, Let's go. So oh my so I took my camera, I took a video of it and uh, we went up there and um it's, it's pretty strange. I mean, he said the plumbers wouldn't even touch it. They didn't want to have anything to do with oh, it.
3: If a plumber won't touch it. Yeah,
2: no kidding. <laughs> um, the thing is, it's like it is a blood trough. Like it's not just a bucket or a like in the third floor. He said when they were uh, working on it, there was like a foot of pigeon poop in there. Like it had been mm-hmm. like not inhabited for a long time yeah. so once i got all the trash out and there are uh-huh. you know, meth heads living in there or whatever they get to the bottom of the floor and he notices that he sees a seam on the floor but there's no handle mm-hmm. it's just like a seam on the floor dog every time we podcast she's got to come in here go, go lay down first. go you're good yeah i know i'm not going to help you though
3: <laughs> the dog's getting a little freak. This is like she kind knows of a that we're talking. yeah, she's duh
0: Freemasons at
2: Evil spirits are coming. Yeah. So anyway, he sees this line on the floor and he gets his knife out and he's like, um, prize it up or whatever. I don't know. We we'll keep losing our signal for some reason. Uh and uh there's yeah, there's this door, a hidden door that pulls up and there's a uh six by two foot blood trough like you would use in a butcher like it, for butchering animals and it's built into the floor and you can see he takes me to the second floor where i can see the piping of it coming out and it comes out and it's angled so that gravity you know works Mm -hmm. and it goes all the way across and he was just like it goes into the brick and we don't know where that goes like he's he was telling me that's not um it's not uh we keep losing you i don't know why it's not electrical it's not gas it's not Mm -hmm. plumbing it's it's a blood pipe. It's blood plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> and it just went into the brick wall and into the dirt. And in, like down, it, he's like, I don't know, is there another building underneath there that we don't know about? Oh, my goodness. Um, so that was pretty wild. And I so then I started uh, Googling Masonic blood troughs.
3: <laughs> yeah, I did a little bit of Googling. <laughs> Didn't find much. But anytime I've spoke with people, any that are related to the Freemasons anyway, or if they've been a member or whatever, they're again, they're pretty, pretty vague about what goes on there. And, um, I just, my thought is kind of like, if, if there were nothing to hide, you'd go, yeah. Well,
2: it's... I think that's their whole thing though. It's yeah. like, it's all about secrets. Like that's the, you know, there's
3: some, some people I've talked to have been pretty coy. What goes on? Oh, we just, uh, eh. and they kind of grin a little bit. Eh, nothing, nothing, man.
2: If you look into, um, I'm gonna, I think we're going to have to manually do this every time it, it keeps throwing you off. Anyway, um, if you start looking into some of the... I, and I've only had a cursory glance at Masonic mm-hmm. initiations. I don't claim to know everything about it, but uh, just at a, at a glance, it's pretty weird. <laughs> There's hey, some boy. pretty weird stuff yes. going on. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so that was my afternoon. If you're a Mason and you take exception to this... we'd love to hear from you. Come on. I'd
2: love to, I'd love to hear why you have a blood trough. I've never heard of
3: really transparent Mason.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. I don't don't know anybody that's like an active Mason. I've never, I I mean, I I might know them and they just never talk about it, but that is interesting that if, I mean, the the place that we were at is like, um, I mean, it's a big three story, Oh, four story with the basement, Mm -hmm. four story building. I mean, it's the most significant structure in the town. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, Uh, So you look at it and you think for a small town, um, it was a big part of the community for whatever reason. And um, I think that was true across the country. Like there's Masonic temples and lodges all over the country. And
3: I've been to one, uh, you know, they've got a couple that are music venues now. So I've been to one in Wichita and one in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Um, And again, those are, they're not active Mason's temples, but the buildings the architecture's Pretty interesting, and you're right. They're they're standout buildings in what so far what I've been in, in like smaller downtown areas, and the impression that I get is like in those smaller communities back in like the early 1900s, that was like your business owners, you know, like the uh, chamber of commerce type folks yeah. would be involved in something like that, you know, filling the blood troughs.
2: Yeah, that that. uh it kind of seems all normal until you think about <laughs> the blood trough that was built yeah. in over a hundred years ago. I mean, the thing is it was built into, it was part of the building. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, you look at a, like a Catholic school, I would think about, but it's the same similar kind of building classrooms and stuff. It's like, well, it's being used, kind of know what it's being used for. Right. It's like, yeah. well, this is a classroom. And even if they had a chapel, you go, oh, here's a chapel, I don't even know what, like what, I was just kept looking around the building and what on earth would they be using this for?
3: Well, it just struck me if it was like something on the up and up. Yeah, no, we do have a blood trough. Um, we have cookouts here and we use this to <laughs> like, you know, like small town, a lot of people hunting game. We use this to break down our meat, but you would do that on the first floor. Yeah. If no, it were you like do a, that in the kitchen. Yeah. Like you wouldn't lug. An eight point buck all the way up the stairs, butcher, break it down upstairs. And then you might only put a blood trough way up top if you didn't really want people to know what was going on.
2: Well, I think by putting it in a hidden trap door, you're kind of showing also, your hand yes. as far as uh, this is not something we What's want people to know about. Nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing. uh So, anyway, we don't want to get, we will, we'll podcast about that later. It's just an interesting thing that to happened yeah. today. And uh, I, 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 I think uh, there's a lot for us to learn about maybe what was going on back That one day. is funny because, you know. And the locals were terrified of it. Like, I talked to other, there's girls working yeah. there. I was like, hey, do you know about the, yeah. she's like, I'm not going Bad up there. Bad juju, like, are yeah. Like, there were people in the town that they were like, I'm not setting foot in that building. There's no way.
3: A lot of the stuff we get into here is one of those, like I was telling you, I told a friend of mine this weekend, we talked about the moon landing being staged and she was kind of like, what? i would never heard of that, um, but I feel like if I brought up Masons being suspicious, people would just go, "Yeah, yeah, real weird."
2: <laughs> I don't, I wonder what Protestants are okay with them because yours you're Baptist, is that right? Yeah, I grew up in a Baptist church. That's yeah. a lot of Oklahoma, mostly yeah, Baptist. Yeah, so right. yeah, I would I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine. Do you think they there are some lot... Baptists that are okay so. with it for uh, some reason?
3: Yeah, or definitely like. Like you said, I don't know any active Masons that I'm aware of. Um, It seems like something that up till the 60s, possibly, that was just like if you were a dude in the community and you had a business, you might be invited to get involved in something like that. It's kind of a fraternal part of the community, right? Um, So, yeah, that's probably where I came across. I, I would imagine there's probably crossover. You could be a Baptist and a Mason.
0: Well, and I Don't wonder, know for sure,
3: but it's certainly not like you said, like there wasn't like this stigma of like you can't be both
2: in the Baptist Church, right, yeah, so Sorry. you could be a Baptist, As far and... as I know,
3: yeah, um, but it definitely wasn't like what you were talking about, like raised in the Catholic Church, and yeah, you, I think even it was like explicit, uh, you cannot be a free Popes
2: have made like uh statements about it and yeah. saying like um you you cannot be yeah. this and that. I'm trying to get our switcher to work. I don't know what's going on. Today. It's because we're talking about the Masons. <laughs> That's right. And I yeah. was around some bad, who knows what. So yes, uh, we'll talk about Masons, some other fun day. Sounds but good. Yeah. today, we're talking about something that on the surface seems pretty outlandish, like pretty hard to believe uh, somebody would do something like this. But it's the idea of wood whether it's the United States government or, uh, world governments would, would, could, would somebody attempt to fake an alien invasion and why they might do that. Yeah. And so, um, obviously the clip you just saw a bit ago was war of the worlds Orson Welles war of the worlds, which was a radio broadcast that terrified Millions of uh, Americans who it was a a fictional, if you don't know the story, a fictional account of Martians landing and attacking the earth Mm -hmm. and people through this new medium of radio, uh, they just didn't suspect.
3: No, they did not see that. They didn't see it coming. (laughs)
2: It it actually caused a lot of problems. We're still having trouble with our video. So that's great. (laughs) But anyway, so what's your take on Orson Welles? Um,
3: just like a lot of things, I think you you put a piece of content out there and don't expect any particular kind of reaction. I just was reading an article about him going out after the show was broadcast and being really surprised that in Times Square there was a big headline up that he had caused a panic. And he was kind mm-hmm. of like, oh, it was supposed to just be like funny, but... <laughs> whoops sorry guys um
2: yeah but uh we're kind of following um well if you want to get to the bottom of this the best podcast i've seen on it is uh james corbett's mm-hmm. uh he did an episode called how to fake an alien invasion yeah. and um, uh, we're just going to talk about some of his points that he made and what i think is really fascinating about corbett's take on it is that he did it back in 2015 and so It seems like a lifetime ago, but if you think back to in the UFO world, things really started to heat up in 2016. In 2016, and this was for me the moment when I was immediate, I mean, I went to family dinners and was like, is anybody else paying attention to what's going on here? And the New York Times published uh, a a piece about uh, the Pentagon releasing several videos about UFO encounters with footage of these alleged UFOs and it's coming from the Pentagon and, and New York times. And it was the first time for me, it was different than, um, say the tr- traditional accounts, because this is coming from the government. Yeah. Right. It's not, or at least actors within the government, it's not coming from some guy on a farm or, you know, some guy.
3: And well, I, 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 I
2: remember saying that to people at dinner and, yeah. and even it just blew my mind that people didn't care. Mm-hmm. they didn't seem to notice they didn't seem to care it was just like oh that's interesting and i just kept thinking <laughs> am i reading this wrong i mean even you and i had a conversation yeah. i think you said something like my reaction seems like the way that you yeah. should react yeah. but for I some reason that. you yeah. were like i don't
3: i don't know why i don't that know why i don't yeah. care <laughs> um,
2: yeah. but so if you go back to 2015 it was pretty different and it was like the idea of what you know Cor- corbett's tune i think is pretty accurate is that most people thought it was pretty ridiculous yeah you know the idea that you know even even ufo sightings they thought was pretty ridiculous it has definitely become mainstream and that's kind of why i wanted to do this episode because i think it's happening right now well, quite possibly
3: it's become so mainstream that when you hear rogan talk about it he's like past it you know like he went from being really interested in ufos and having like uh fravor the pilot on and yeah and then like now every once in a while i hear him touch on that subject and he's like "Uh, you know i think i just want to believe it too bad and like he's kind of like past the point of like an enthusiastic ufo believer to like he went to the next evolution
2: yeah i i probably follow this at like an unhealthy level so um sorry if that you know if anybody thinks i'm strange but uh He's, his response is very, like, if I could ask him some questions, it would be pretty direct because, um, the guy that was at the heart of a lot of this when it came out was Tom DeLonge, mm-hmm. the singer yeah. for Blink-182. Uh, yeah. And I'm not even a Blink-182 fan necessarily, yeah. but I had list I had heard him mention things about this, but he was a part of, so shortly after the, the New York Times article, he collaborates with his academy, the To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, and does a public YouTube, you know, presentation about it with a big huge stage and everybody on his board of directors is deep state, CIA, military intelligence. Like they're they're legitimate people. Mm -hmm. They're not Yahoos. They're not rock stars. They're they're uh I don't know, CIA. And so that was to me just odd. But then he went on Rogan and if you go back and watch that, it's very strange because Rogan laughed him out of the room.
3: Oh, really? Yeah, he yeah, made I fun never of li- I never listened to that episode. You should go listen to it yeah, in, in okay. light of
2: where we are now because yeah. Rogan's tune in 2016 was, this is absurd. Tom DeLonge, you're crazy. You've lost and your mind. And what was
3: Tom DeLonge saying at that time? Like
2: He's saying some pretty outlandish stuff. Okay. I mean, it was... Um, It was a lot of like, you know, I, I can't tell you how I know what I know. I have sources, but, um, it's that, yeah, we, we, there's been contact that, and our military has known about it for a long time and that he's helping advise these generals and these, these people to how to roll out disclosure or how to, how to, I don't know if it's roll out disclosure. It's like how to bring the public in on this conversation. Yeah. So he started that academy, which was yeah. a, a, a public company. And so as soon as he went public, I bought shares in it right away. <laughs> I was like, I just still, I told my wife, I'm like, I'm sorry, I know I'm never gonna see a profit off this, but if to, they do make I a UFO, I, yeah. I, I want in on that, you know. And so I bought, uh, I think I got like 20 shares of. It to the so I I co own Angels and Airwaves awesome. and Blink 182, which all operates under I think the budget no of to the stars okay. of this of his uh company. And uh he calls me every January with a shareholders update. Oh well good. I get a phone call and it's Tom DeLong and he's talking and he's talking to everybody, but yeah. we can uh submit questions through a texting app and he just updates us on where the company is. But man, I'll tell you the first the first uh shareholders call that I had from Tom, I, my thought was immediately, Oh, he's not who he pretends to be when he's in front of a crowd in the way that he got on the, he got on the call and he is a savvy CEO. Like he knows how to run a company. He knows how to run a meeting. He's very business minded, but he's also, you know, when he's on stage, he's, he's making like goofy jokes and like, he's so like immature and ridiculous, but there's another side to him. Sure. That is uh, all business and very
3: serious. Well, a couple thoughts on that that are not alien related. Just I was almost dismissive when you go, you know, Tom, Blank 182. I'm like, yeah, yeah, stupid band. And then I thought, well, if I were to be like on record for some of the and stage performances I gave at the same time Blank 182 was at, like, I'm not the same dude either. Yeah. Right. I mean, and you also like whether you're, band is based like on like silly teenage adolescent fart jokes or whatever um you don't get to that level of success without being a fairly serious person no no, no definitely so to dismiss him as just like a silly rock star is one way to do it but also give the guy his due is like well he's a successful artist he's reached a point in his career in music that most people never get to and also, he's pretty far removed from, like you know, a guy that we saw on MTV twenty five years ago. I guess. Is well, point.
2: and he, so the point I was making about Rogan was, you know, Tom went on that show and he is like, have you, he had never heard of Bob Lazar? Rogan R- had Rogan, not, or he it, hadn't met him or uh-huh. talked to him yet, and he he brought it up like you know, and Tom's like, yeah, I'm publishing his his uh, memoir or whatever. Like he's like, like. That's the that's the hang up I have with Joe is you laughed Tom out of the room yeah and kind of dismissed uh. him completely and then really like a month or two later then he's you at bring the forefront Bob Lazar yeah. on and your tune, his tune shifted 100% yeah. like he's yeah. he is he said multiple times that he believes Bob's story right But you can't have it both ways you can't laugh Tom out and say oh I believe Bob cuz you know Tom believes Bob too
3: that's funny cuz yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've heard Rogan talk to guests and go, "Have you heard Bob Lazar's story? Have you yeah. heard it?" Like, yeah, he's very on board with with Lazar.
2: I would I would love to hear and that's another weird thing is that neither Tom nor Joe really talk about that podcast. Like, people ask him all the time about like what oh, would happen yeah. or what's the fallout huh. and they both seem to have like gone, "Hey, let's just not talk about this. It okay. was a bad podcast for Tom DeLonge. He looked uh, crazy and he looked in, he was dismissed and kind of Joe was kind of making fun of him to his face. Uh And, um,
3: and what are you going to do?
2: Tom has talked about a little bit. He's, he said that, yeah, I kind of jumped the gun and I talked about some things that I shouldn't Uh, have talked about. Yeah. Not worried about Joe Rogan, but Mm -hmm. about his people that he's working with. Mm. And I think he is honestly, Tom is whether or not you believe him, he is a true believer. Yeah. And I mean, I think that he believes a lot of the stuff that he believes about UFOs and what's going on. um, He believes that he's part of a a, uh, really important government program to bring this to the consciousness of the public. Mm -hmm. It is happening. I mean, if you look at the data on searches for UFOs and like it's presidents are talking about it uh serious congressmen senators are talking about it
3: we have a space force
2: we yeah. have a space force um it's become part of since 1947 ufo's have always been part of our culture but i would say it to, since 2016 it has definitely gone mainstream and it's yeah it's, it's 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 part of that's not to say that everybody believes in ufo's but a large number of people have seen ufos i know
3: we talk about kokomo quite a bit from time to time on this episode and uh just in anecdotally he's mentioned like as a pilot the culture has kind of shifted of dramatically yeah yeah. he says pilots used to you never told other pilots if you saw lights in the sky while you were flying you know because that was kind of like you would be a bit of an outcast just socially um and now it's now it's one of those every you know, month I'm getting a phone your, call yeah, from yeah exactly going you won't believe what yeah we you're saw. talking to other pilot buddies or tapping your co-pilot on the shoulder going you see that over there, um, the stigma's not the same that it was, uh, in the pilot community from what I understand. So yeah, it's a lot more uh, widely accepted.
2: So, yeah, that's the t- the the climate of. Uh, ufo conversations has changed a lot really quickly and um i mean i guess i'll tell my personal story like somebody asked me the other day uh what what why did i get so interested in ufos and all of this and i said honestly because i saw one (laughs) i i used to think it was stupid i thought uh-huh. i really did i i mean uh years ago i was on a podcast and we were asked we were going around like what's your favorite conspiracy theory and one of my buddies was from roswell his mm-hmm. family was and he was like he said that he's like oh roswell 1947 and i really looked at him like that is the dumbest thing i've ever heard <laughs> i thought that is so stupid like you really believe that there was an alien crash and he just was like oh yeah if you start looking into it it's uh-huh. weird and so i did and for a certain amount of years i just thought well that's very interesting because there there is something there there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that claim to have seen ufo's there's a lot of stories that you can clearly clearly tell they're bullshit there's others that you go well that's a pretty legitimate source yeah i mean uh presidents um colonels generals you know pretty high ranking military people that are saying things like you know nasa astronauts saying yeah. they saw something funny and so if it's I, I took a trip from for for probably four or five years. I I thought it was strange, but I didn't take it all too seriously yeah. until 2020 when I actually saw a UFO, and um, it was a pretty weird, pretty weird experience. I mean, I I guess my opinion to that point was this is black ops. It's it's something. It's us. It's not the idea that it was aliens or something. I would have I just didn't think that was very likely. It's definitely highly highly more likely that we just have advanced aerial craft that obviously we don't know about because it's secret and they don't right. you know they yeah. don't tell us about it. And that's kind of where I was at with it for a long time until 2020. And the reason I say that my opinion about it changed was because of the context of when and where it happened. And so, um, I had a few friends who had told me that they had seen UFOs, mm-hmm. both, uh, some long ago, some close encounters. Like I had a friend who saw, like he said, yeah, it was about a hundred yards away and it was a flying saucer with lights on it. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that's ridiculous. And so I was standing out in front of my house with my neighbor and we're smoking cigars and, uh. That's when I, that, that that was the the context was I literally, we were talking about UFOs and I literally said something like, like, man, I wish I could see a UFO. How come all these other people have seen UFOs and I haven't. And right at that moment, I looked up in the sky and I saw something. I, I still don't know what I saw. Um, what I initially saw was two, what looked like two bright stars that were about an inch apart, very prominent in the sky. And I thought, i was just thinking like what constellation is that like as my buddy's talking to me i'm just mm-hmm. kind of like thinking what i don't know if i recognize that and i watched it for about 20 seconds and they just blinked off it was like look it was like watching a light bulb just turn off yeah. they didn't fade off they didn't move they're completely stationary it's like watching two stars just turn off mm-hmm. and it was really discombobulating i was like am i seeing things like what you know what's going on so long story short um, a few nights later, uh, I went on my back porch and I thought, I'm going to go out there and see if I can see this again. Mm-hmm. And I go out on my back porch and I don't see anything for like 10, 15 minutes. I'm, I know it's in the sky. There's Jupiter. There's right. Saturn. Yeah. I know it's there. And then my son, newborn son is crying. So I step inside for like 30 seconds and I step back out on the porch. And I just about, I just about fell over because it was like right dead center, right where I was looking in the middle sky. Yeah, There's a really, really bright star that was not there a second ago. And I'm just thinking, well, that's, I know it wasn't there, but then as I I watched it for about 30 seconds and then it started to spiral and then it goes and like shoots off Mm -hmm. really, really fast all the way across the horizon. And so I don't know what it was. I don't know if it, but it did seem odd to me that it was what we were talking about. Yeah. And so I described it to my wife as like, it would be like, as if you and I were saying, you said, I've never seen a hot air balloon. That'd be cool to see a hot yeah, air balloon. And right. then you looked up and you're like, I'll be damned. There's a hot air balloon right there. Yeah. And then two days later, you said, thought to yourself, that was pretty cool when I saw that hot air balloon. I wonder if I go outside right now, there would be another one. And then it's like, I'll be damned. There's another hot air balloon right there in the middle of the sky. And could it be aliens? I don't know. Either way, it's the timing of it's pretty strange. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what you think.
3: More That's more in line with the simulation hypothesis almost.
2: It is. I mean, right? I, I really did have a feeling of like, is somebody watching me? Like this is really, yeah. it was, I felt a little weirded out for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, I've seen two others since then. I don't want to tell those stories, but I've never seen anything like green men in a, sh- I'm not saying that. Yeah. Mine are just like things in the sky that is, it's not an airplane. It's not a satellite. It's something else. And it's also moving in a way that's not. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, for me, it's just been lights. Um, I think I saw a TR-3B once. I What's don't know if that? you know what that is. No. You can look it up. It's okay. a triangle-shaped okay. UFO that's very common that people oh, okay. see. Uh, I saw the same thing, just a perfect triangle of stars, and then it mm-hmm. started to spin, and then it just whoosh, disappeared. But that that one, people think, might be military craft. It's just top secret. Yeah,
3: that makes sense.
2: You can look up blogs and stuff on yeah. it. but um, So anyway, that's just to say... Even if you're not into the UFO world, even just in the past five to ten years, this has really turned turned up yeah, quite a bit, yeah. and um, all the way up to uh, you know presidents talking about it. Which I have a clip of that. If we want to do a clip, do we want to listen to the presidents talking about yeah. UFOs? Uh, I got it. I got to add it real quick. Hold on a second. But um, this isn't all of them. I know Obama's talked about UFOs. Um, I know that uh, Jimmy Carter saw a UFO, uh, I'm sure there's another one I'm not thinking of, but here's, here's a couple fine gentlemen talking about UAP. That's what they call them now. Yeah. They don't, uh, that's another, it's another weird thing. Like, why did they do that? Why did they start calling them UAP? You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. My guess would be, uh, to get away from the stigma. Yeah.
2: All right, well, here's, here's a couple presidents talking about we it. Need we
1: need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bound. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. If you saw that there were aliens there, would you tell us? Yeah. You would. Well, <laughs> so I think,
0: look... What do we know? We know now we live in an ever-expanding universe. We know that there are billions of stars and planets literally out there, and the universe is getting bigger. We know from our fancy telescopes that just in the last two years, more than 20 planets have been identified outside our solar system that seem to be far enough away from their suns and dense enough that they might be able to support some form of life. So... It makes it increasingly less likely that we're alone. Oh, you're trying to give me a hint that there are aliens. No. I'm trying to tell you I don't know. Oh. But if we were visited someday, I wouldn't be surprised. I just hope that uh, it's not like Independence Day. Yeah, right. I mean, really, that it's, uh, you know, a, a conflict. Well, now we have Maybe the aliens. only way to unite this incredibly divided world of ours. They're out there. We better... Think of you're how saying all the, same the differences thing. among people on Earth Almost would like seem small scripted. if we felt threatened by a space invader. That's the whole theory of independence. You're right, you're Everybody right. Everybody gets together and makes nice and, you know... You and Bill O'Reilly would be hiding in a bunker together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly, he'd be every mean thing he ever said about me. Say, I don't care, look at that. <laughs>
2: All right, well. Say so. what you
3: will about Bill Clinton. He is really good on talk shows. Oh, yeah. And that's been a strong suit of his yeah. from way back.
2: He's he's a likable guy until he's not.
3: <laughs> I'm saying that so I can stay off of his list.
2: Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be on his list. That's what I mean, until you get Vince Foster. <laughs> he's all... I'll, I'll, I think Hillary calls those shots. I don't know.
3: Well, like you, like you said, it's it's almost like they're from a script. They're working yeah, off. Yeah, of, I mean right?
2: that's that's the point. And they gave multiple speeches like that. Like um, you can find both Bill and and uh, Reagan and I believe a couple others, but uh, saying basically the same thing. Like I often imagine how quickly all of our differences would be set aside if. Man if we just uh, you know knew that there was an alien threat that would i would have said
3: that before covid but i mean i'm not the first one to have this thought but you'd think a pandemic on that scale and a global crisis would have got everybody on the same page but in a lot of ways it seemed like all that did was like there there are people that are against the vaccination just because the other side is for it and vice versa mm-hmm. you know what i mean um so now i'm wondering like well okay if If there is this narrative that the powers that be want to run of let's fake an alien invasion so we can get people on board with more of a global economic push or something like that. I'm going, I wonder if they're questioning it right now going, God, didn't work.
2: Well, I think there's some people that think that's kind of what's going on. Yeah. And they look at it as like, this was a beta test to kind of see, well, how, you know, if there's a threat, how are people, I think that's the point of Corbett's. His podcast yeah. about going all the back to War of the Worlds sure. and the Rockefellers involvement with that and CBS. And they don't realize it like simultaneously when that broadcast was going on. They were studying how the population would respond right. to something like that. And there was a lot of data being collected. And I'm sure that there's been other oh yeah. things happening yeah. over time. To- I mean, never let a crisis go to waste, right. you know. And it's like they, they probably study a lot of these things and, and they're gauging... You know, I had a buddy the other day. I don't think he listens to podcasts, but I won't, I'm not going to name his name. But he kind of started going down the flat Earth thing. He's asking about uh-huh. flat Earth, and I was like, "Dude, <laughs> it's a distraction." Like, I know I'm the guy who saw UFOs, but I'm telling you, the Earth is not flat. <laughs> There's a it's a bridge too far, man. <laughs> you just can't you can't do that. <laughs> and uh, I was trying to explain to him that I think that so you could look into that whole theory too there is a massive amount of people on the internet that think the earth is flat. Yeah. And you could ask a question, well, why, how exactly did that happen? Like what's going on? And I've heard other people talk about this, even a CIA guy that was saying, Oh yeah, that was a psyop. Like we were like, just, yeah. we're just seeing what kind of crazy thing yeah, we would can would make people hold, believe. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of things like that going on oh, yeah. to, to understand the mass psychology of you know manipulation or uh even hypnosis, you know, yeah. there's a book written about that, like the Madness of Crowds. I think is what's oh, called. Yeah. What's the
3: name? Of it? I don't know what the book is called, but I'm just thinking back to things like Third Reich, you know, ordinary yeah. men type stuff, where it's you know, people get whipped up into a further or like uh you know, uh, uh, a mask or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Right? People get In a crowd, you know, a faceless crowd and things get crazy is my point. Pretty quickly. um, Back to your flat earther buddy. I was just picturing like, what a... What a weird turn of events for him. You get him into yeah. conspiracies. You pull the rug right out from him. I know.
2: I, I tried. To, I'm like pulling back in. Even today I saw him and I was like, just go to Freemasonry. Just find something, else. something but, else. But Flat Earth. Trust me. It's a PSYOP. The CIA probably yeah. set it up just so they could test what kind of crazy nonsense they could get the world to believe. I had a friend who was a teacher in Pennsylvania and she had a couple come in. She's like teaching third grade in a parent teacher conference. They were... Yelling at her, like mad. How could you be teaching this propaganda to our child? And they were serious flat earthers. They were like, "The earth is not round. We know what you're up to. You're part of this." And she was just. And she was the first time she'd ever encountered it. She was just blown away because she started the conversation with, "Like, have you heard about there's some people think the earth is flat?" And I was like, (laughs) "Yeah, I've heard." And she's like, "I can't believe they actually they believe it. They really believe it." And I don't know. I've never been to space. Maybe it is flat, but I'm just. I've seen a lot of footage Yeah, that makes well, me think it's at least, maybe it's not a perfect sphere, but it's, it's definitely not flat.
3: <laughs> it's a little bit like what we were talking about off the air is like some of these ideas get introduced by people that make a lot of sense when they're talking about something else. Yeah. So then the waters get really murky on what you're going to buy into and what you're going to give some, you know, give some credence to. Um, but... You know this one here, uh, War of the Worlds, uh, and then yeah, Rockefeller starts funding a lot of research into psychological warfare and how do the masses respond when you start. And Rockefeller
2: but, was it Nelson Rockefeller? Uh,
3: originally, it's Nelson Rockefeller. It's and then the family and then kept it the, up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Lawrence Rockefeller. Pops up in the '90s, kind of as a resurgence. And he yeah.
2: collaborates with Bill Clinton yeah. to yeah. research, and they're diving deep on. You know, Rockefeller is just wanting. I mean, who knows what that guy knows? He's probably a Mason, but <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the idea is like he no he he's he's he was meeting with Clinton. They were talking about you know uh, opening up the Roswell file, and yeah. uh, who knows how deep that goes? I mean, I've heard. You know, I've heard I've heard a lot of different takes on it, but I, I just think, in general, that take is, well, uh, if we had to just unite everybody, if it's looking like World War III, maybe if we faked an alien. In- oh yeah. So if you just play that out mentally and think, well, would they do that? That seems pretty outlandish. That you would, they're pretty extreme. That you would fake an alien invasion. But well, they shot well, the president in the head. So I mean, I'm not
3: a truther, but. Uh, the idea of like, well, they got the TSA in place. I'm like, well, that is something that happened and we're not going back to the time before that existed. Yeah. Um, And yeah, there are things that I think happened or were put in place as a result of COVID. And I can't think of anything specifically, but that we're likely, we're not going back to a pre COVID world. Yeah. Right. And so if something like a, a fake alien invasion gets put out there, then uh i think i don't remember you said it just recently like just shortly ago but it was well even if it you know comes to fruition and and we go whoo well we dodged a bullet there but uh good news no aliens but at least we all band (laughs) together there are going to be some things that were put into place that we don't we don't we don't walk back a few yards right makes sense yeah
2: well i always my calculation was before i saw a ufo personally i mean it's just everything's coming through a uh-huh. screen i don't know what's real and what you know i do video. Sure. i know how fake yeah. things can yeah. be and um my calculation was just the likelihood well in my opinion i was like i'd never seen a, you know as far as i know nothing like a ufo has ever happened i think it's baloney uh-huh. so if you're thinking what's the likelihood but is it likely that somebody visited from another planet versus world leaders who are known to lie about everything decide to use <laughs> yeah, all of our money yeah. to fake an alien invasion. Yeah. Well, it's definitely way, way, way more likely yeah. that they would fake an alien invasion than there actually would be an alien invasion.
3: Yeah, it's... Uh, it's Yeah, it would be great for the world leaders for the alien invasion to happen the way they want it to. I have the idea... One thing that... Uh, crosses my mind almost every time I hear people talk about UFOs is um, yeah. Like I I'm like you were uh, I've never seen a UFO that I've know of. I'm not all that interested in them, but mostly the reason I'm not as interested is everybody kind of seems excited about seeing them. Oh, I want to see one. And I'm like, yeah, careful what you wish for. Yeah. um The best analogy I've heard recently is that kind of, we're like an ant hole or an anthill on the side of a six lane highway. I mean, they may just be coming through here, spraying us like pest control, and moving <laughs> on to the next thing. That's
2: a Michio Kaku talks about. That he's, yeah, he's, just, um, you know, people think they want to meet aliens, and he's I like, "Well, know that we do, yeah." I do have an idea about that though, because I have a well, if they're visiting here, so the, the why wouldn't they be visiting here? I mean, the only explanation would be just technologically they don't have what it takes. But I always thought there's actually this thing called like the. It's like the hundredth monkey phenomenon or something like that. Okay. And it has to do with, there was a series of islands, I think, off the coast of Japan. Mm-hmm. might've been a different country, but it's not important. But they were isolated with these different uh, groups of monkeys on them. Mm-hmm. And they were studying these monkeys and there was a certain like fruit or like food on the on the island that the point was somehow... On one of the islands, a monkey started to figure out how to use a stick as a tool mm-hmm. to eat the food. Yeah. And on all these other islands where they weren't connected, yeah. they all pretty much started figuring it out at about the same time. And it's this idea that like evolution as it as it progresses, there's kind of this uniform mm-hmm. nature to when we... And there's it's not like totally... I mean obviously people separated by continents there was huge gaps between what was happening in North America and mm-hmm. Europe and a lot of that had to do with just the circumstances of the climates and like the you know availability of food and trade and uh, all those things played into it but there is a thing where it's like well if we were in a expanding universe it's coming from a common central yeah. point I was I've always thought like well it probably makes sense that we are We might be as advanced as anybody gets yeah, at this point, yeah. you know, and maybe there's people out there on other planets, but they're basically where we are right now and they don't have the ability to fly light years. I ears. like
3: that idea. That's something that you never hear anybody bring up is, you know, we always jump to their, their eons ahead of us, you know. Um, But yeah, I was listening to a competitive fighter the other day talking about, you know, going into a match. He says, uh, well, it's, you know, he's just a guy across the map from you. He's just another dude. And you're like, okay, yeah, in the universe, it is conceivable that there's a whole another civilization that's just right about in the same spot as us. They're faking moon landings over there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but maybe they're just a little bit further ahead. But that, to me, is almost just as scary because if we have the capability to go to another planet, I I think our track record shows that we would go and we would want to, like, colonize there, right? So I yeah, don't feel like we would land and try and make friends. We would want to go over there and stage a coup.
2: I think we're a little bit um, better about that now, but historically, as humans, as yeah. species, no, right. we've not been good at that Yeah,
3: at and, all. Yeah, and I don't mean we Americans. I mean we, Genghis Khan and the like. I mean, we.
2: Well, so <laughs> M- Michio is right in his point about... If they're advanced enough to travel across the universe to visit us, they're advanced enough to to kill us if they wanted to. Yeah, and yeah. it's not going to be a fair fight. It's not going to be Independence Day. It's they're not, like Vikings. It's it's um, I mean, yeah, it's going to be game over, humans, mm-hmm. and possibly unless we have reached a point where we're technologically advanced to a degree. Mm-hmm. And when we encounter new species, we actually are very mindful of them now and we don't kill them. That we've we had to get past the 20th century to get to that point. But uh-huh. right now, okay. back to my point yeah, about yeah. Tusco when Jolly yeah. West killed Tusco in Oklahoma City, if you did that today, oh, yeah, you, you'd be shot Major in the middle of the street, like, there's backlash, yeah. no way. But you think about it, that, that is a change a in our point. Yeah, I mean, consciousness and our, our perception of, you know, we want gorillas to survive. We don't want to kill them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's poachers, but that's not the mainstream. No,
3: but you're right. I mean, we, you know, as far as like uh, biological research goes, we tag animals to follow and see what they're up to. But there is a lot of care taken into, you know, we're trying to take care of the environment to a large degree. So hopefully... If uh yeah, alien life form comes over here, then they're evolved enough to where they don't just squash us like bugs. Maybe they just tag our ears and I keep think an they eye have been tagging our ears. Who knows? Yeah. They,
2: they've
0: been <laughs> if you tagging get, somewhere.
2: If you get into the UFology world and um yeah, the stories are all over the place. I've had the chance to uh talk with people that have been involved in various UFO stories throughout, you know our I don't know, last, you know, fifty years or whatever and obviously, yeah, communicating with uh Betty's niece and yeah. um
3: well like I was thinking of Barney Hill where his account was kind of like, well it kind of seemed like they were just checking around. me yeah. out and they were or like Travis Walton, is that the yeah, guy yeah, yeah. Yeah. Both of them kinda of talk about it like if you found a bird in the woods and you picked it up to show it to your kid and lifted the wings up and, yes. yeah, and then maybe you'd be a little clumsy handling it, but Ultimately, well, it's you even like when I take my harm. kids
2: fishing and they catch a fish, yeah, my yeah, son right. wants, Dad, can I throw it really far? Yeah, and you and I'm go, like, Yeah, sure, why not? Nah, I'll be nice to the fish. You don't <laughs> oh, need to like I'm sorry. You say uh, be nice to the fish. I say why not? I say they're God's creatures. We treat That's them with right. respect. I'm not no. <laughs> You're a bad guy. <laughs> oh. Are you a Mason? Are you are you sacrificing uh, <laughs> I
3: would have let my kid throw it into the water?
2: Um And now I'm on record having said it. So I forget where I was going with that, but except that I
3: wouldn't let him throw a whole bunch of them, just like (laughs) one. And then he would get a little carried away and I'd say, easy, let's start putting them back in. So just so we're clear.
2: I don't know. Do the fish have feelings? I think that came out at some point. Like they, they, we, we always said the the hooks don't hurt. And then like, yeah, that sounds like
3: a thing you would say if you were the one putting the hook in somebody's (laughs) mouth.
2: (laughs) So there's been a big push from a lot of, uh, leaders to, uh, you know just put that idea out there of like oh this would bring world peace yeah there's also been some push from just a f- an economic uh-huh. uh and I have a I have another video clip this I feel so fancy bringing up the video clips
3: yeah. let them roll uh
2: clip uh 2 um so this would be uh on CNN talking about um what what uh how we might get our fiscal uh you know house in order through a faked alien invasion,
1: get inflation in a depressed economy. But if you had a program of government spending plus an expansionary policy by the Fed, you could get that. So if you think about using all of these things together, you could accomplish you know a great deal. I mean, if if we if we discovered that uh, you know space aliens were planning to attack and we needed a, a massive buildup to counter the, the space alien threat, um, and really inflation and budget deficits took secondary uh, place to that. Um, this slump would be over in 18 months. And then if we discovered, whoops, we made a mistake. There aren't actually any space So we need We'd wealth be a better is what you're
0: saying. No, that's a,
3: that's a, there was a Twilight Zone episode like this in which uh, scientists fake an uh, alien threat in order to achieve world peace. Well, this time we don't need it. We need it in order to get some fiscal stimulus.
2: Perhaps. <laughs> what say you about that,
3: Dave? I don't think that's too crazy. Um, wagging the dog to just to generate the economy. There's know, stimulate there, it. yeah,
2: there's and there's people they were going to blow up nukes on the moon, man. They were going to, you know, like pretty normal people like us would think, "Oh my gosh, you can't you can't lie about that." But there's people that think bigger than us. Yeah. You know, and they and they realize, "No, we got to we got to save the economy." What's You know, got to break a few eggs to make an omelet kind of mentality. There's
3: an argument to be made of like, well, what would you rather have happen? Would you rather the economy imploded and everybody, it's just chaos. Everybody's destitute, you know, apocalypse. Or would you rather we just tell a little white lie and everybody feels good that they banded together for a little bit and we got some dollars moving around.
2: I've not heard, I've heard more people talk about the reason being world peace One world governments, Mm -hmm. everybody just putting all their differences aside. I I mean, I've heard a few people like that talking about the economic side of it. And it's, you know, would the banks control the money? So if the banks needed something, I mean, they could afford it. And and, and the the ability to, like, could they even pull off a fake alien invasion? What would that even look like? And uh, Corbett's podcast, they go into... uh, Hologram technology yeah. that's existed since the, I think the 70s. So we do actually um, we have the ability to project images of things into the sky that are completely fake. And they developed it for you know it's a good military you know tactic or or, or tool because if you're in battle, you could project that, that you're yeah. you're you're a fleet of, of fighter jets coming in, and maybe mm-hmm. you're just one. But you just, you know, they did that in World War II. They had, uh, I think on Normandy, when they were throwing the Nazis off, they had a, a whole fleet of fake inflatable tanks. Oh, no kidding. That were put up on a beach. Uh-huh. And so they were sending resources over there. And it was just like one guy blowing up tanks, you know. Huh. Infla- no, blowing up. Fl- yeah, yeah. Blowing up inflatable tanks. Inflating tanks. So uh, I don't know if you found something on that, but just, like the uh, the technology would it does exist.
3: Let's see here. Yeah, I listening to that, that was uh, <laughs> interesting because you're right, that was uh, 2015 and they're talking about this was like like kind of obscure and tough for me to digest mentally, but holographs that you could touch, you know? Yeah. Um, But from what that little clip was sounding like, is like the technology existed at the time, which was, yeah, close to 10 years ago. Of not only just visual holographs, but like physically you could touch these holographs, which is far more convincing, I would have thought. just Well, visually. and
2: they also say, you know, when you're talking about military R&D, it's like whatever you think right now yeah. the most high tech piece right. of equipment is, put it about 20 to 30 years out from there. Yeah. So if you look at the, the the top of the line Tesla or whatever you want to call it, that's blowing your mind with everything that it can do.
3: Yeah. Think about what's in development. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. They, they've
2: they got UFOs that can fly around. And so that's maybe, you know, uh, where we can pivot with this is what do we think is going on? I don't know if you have an opinion about it. Um, my opinion was, is military. Mm-hmm. And then I saw UFO myself and I'm like I don't think the military's tracking me. I mean maybe they are, but it seems like a waste of resources against yeah. me.
0: But Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: I
2: don't I'm not that much of a narcissist you that I heard, would think that they they're tracking me. Have
3: you heard that birds are drones conspiracy theory? Yeah. My brother brought that to my attention, which that's a good funny one. Um But I sit out a lot of mornings and watch birds come in and land and fly off in my backyard. And yeah, that one, I'm like, there's no way. Have you ever seen
2: that Rick and Morty episode where the squirrels are watching us? (laughs) And it's called the Doolittle episode, I think. And uh, um, Morty, um, for some reason, he can hear what the squirrels are saying to each Mm other. It's pretty funny because they're like oh my God, he's onto us. He's onto us. We got a bogey. And then, and they're like following him and he's like looking around. Um,
3: yeah. But I, to your point, I don't, I don't think that the government would be that interested in me that they would have like seven or eight drones in my backyard watching me sit there groggily drinking coffee. Right? Yeah.
2: And that's what got me. Well, I didn't think about it for a long time, except now I think both things could be true. Yeah.
3: That's almost and my personal I theory. Okay. Yeah. I'm
2: going to put a theory out here on conspiracy dad podcasts is I think what we're seeing right now is I do think that the UFO phenomenon is a real phenomenon. I don't, you know, jimmy carter agrees with me um so does barack obama and bill clinton and i don't know if trump has made a comment about it but um
3: if he saw a ufo it was probably bigger and better There, than...
2: there is a phenomenon that exists in our reality that we we see ufos that we don't we don't know what it is and it's also been around for a long time i think it's not something that's you know there's people that take it to the extreme where it's like oh yeah all the ancient stories of the gods and I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. All I know is it seems like there is a phenomenon that is not connected. I think that our military doesn't know what it is. Um, guys like Lou Elizondo, Tom DeLonge, uh, all that effort to um, put this in the consciousness and bring it out. But what I think is happening now is I think that that could simultaneously exist with now there are people... Using that, like if you're yeah. in the military, uh, you know, this is your job or whatever. And you're like Lou Elizondo and you're put in charge of researching UFOs and you do. And you realize we don't know what it is. It's not us. It's not the Chinese. It's not the Russians. People are seeing things. Commander Fravor saw a Tic Tac chasing his fighter jet. And you realize there's a phenomenon that exists and it's not us and it's not our enemies. Within... Well, you could fake an alien invasion, you know what I mean? And you, you know, that other people know that that's a phenomenon mm-hmm. and you could use that. And that's my fear of what might happen is like, yeah, you could, you could, who's, who am I to say if something lands on the white house lawn tomorrow to say that's fake, I've yeah. seen them. Yeah, they don't right. look like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't know. I What would we say?
3: Well, I don't know what, what would what would you need to see for you for it to be believable like um would it be footage of it landing on the white house lawn or
2: well what i'm saying is if it landed it's it's very likely that that could be just us
3: yeah no i i guess what i'm saying is it's not actually real just as you were talking about it the question came to mind of like what would that look like to you if if you were like "pull that looks like aliens for real invading"
2: yeah i guess God, it's a tough one. I I I, I think, don't have an answer. I I think we're coming to a place where you don't you 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 can't make a real informed opinion
3: mm-hmm.
2: because it's so easy to fake things. There's so much fake footage out there. I believe what I see with my own eyes, but in the even what I've seen, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm not saying it's alien. I'm not saying it's us. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what it is. Um, and I think that that might be by design. That's exactly the environment you would want
3: yeah. if you were going yeah. to
2: fake an alien invasion. You create enough, you muddy the waters enough with conspiracies mm-hmm. and weirdness and whatever that even when something legitimate or not legitimate happens, who's to say? Yeah. And I think that's exactly where we are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'd be my thesis. I don't know what you think.
3: Uh, for some reason, that uh, storm in the Capitol just keeps coming to mind and with the idea that um, I've heard some comments that I don't know if there's an FBI operative involved in that that was like getting these guys riled up to get in to the the Capitol.
2: They've identified him. I forget Um, his name, but he is a fan.
3: Um, I'm not informed about it enough to really say, but yeah, it sounded like similar to like the accounts of Black Panthers or FBI infiltrating Black Panthers, you know, decades ago where it's like, There's already a little bit of kindling kicking up and there's some heat. And then the FBI comes in and like stokes the fire and really makes a problem to where the general public kind of goes, oh, gosh, we're just people. so easily manipulated.
2: Yeah. It's, it's 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 dicey times in that regard, yeah. because, um, yeah, the idea that you could fake an alien invasion absolutely could happen. There's definitely a motive or, you know, an incentive to do this. And we don't have, I mean, I, I wrote in one of the songs that we do, the crazy song is the point of it is when everything's coming through a screen, Yeah, everything we right. know is yeah. coming through a screen. Uh-huh. Which and is, and yeah. like I said a long time ago, the internet is a military operation. It always has been. It yeah. is. And you think, well, you know, what is going on? I don't know. I mean, I know what I saw with my own eyes and the context yeah. of it, that was weird. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's, there's some reassurance there that I don't think that the military is spying on me. I think that I saw a phenomenon, something strange that we yeah. don't know what it is, which maybe that's what it is. I mean, maybe that's how it's going to play out. But I, I have, I'm afraid that I, I see what's happening now is uh, the weaponization of the UFO phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? I, I'd kind of think it's a bad thing i would say I um i'm, I'm kind of you, i'm though. kind of really big on I, i'm not i'm anti-military industrial complex yeah. at this point i'm like scale back guys my scale goodness yeah
3: back. you know you it's been the trend ever since eisenhower of military industrial complex benefiting from us being in conflicts throughout the world and then yeah like gosh we would pay through the nose to make sure we had something to defend us from aliens we right? already have yeah that's a good i point. mean you <laughs> see that
2: cl- clip clip of uh was it cheney the day before 9-11 saying four trillion dollars is missing from the defense budget and we're going to get to the bottom of this and then the next day a plane flies into the defense budget office <laughs> mm. <laughs> this, this is all news to you yeah go talk go listen to james corbett he'll explain it yeah. to you but uh the question of are there trillions of dollars missing from our defense budget? Yes.
3: It's a weird. The thing estimate, to be yeah. the, the <laughs>
2: estimates I've heard is anywhere from two to twenty-two trillion dollars. <laughs> and so you got to wonder. Well, if I had a trillion dollars, could I fake an alien invasion? I think I so. Think so. Yeah. If I had twenty trillion dollars, could I fake an alien invasion pretty easily?
3: Yeah.
2: I could have bases on the moon. I could be flying to Mars and back. I think. I mean. 20 trillion dollars missing That
3: sounds like a lot of trillions it's a
2: lot of trillions 22 i think um last i heard so i hate to end on a negative note (laughs) i hate to be a downer
3: (laughs) Uh, we're all hosed
2: yeah i don't know it's a crazy idea and i wouldn't have taken any of this seriously six seven years ago
3: i wouldn't have taken it seriously six six seven months ago yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well
2: thank you very much yeah. um
3: that's how quickly it can happen
2: yeah I, I, and i think it's a mistake to pretend like i know something that i don't actually know Uh uh-huh. um it's i feel like it's our job to just poke holes yeah and things yeah. that look shady you know three-letter agency things and just say yeah it doesn't make sense I don't, I don't i'm not claiming i know what's going on i just know that um there's trillions of dollars missing from the defense budget
3: it, it it's bizarre in the same way that the nasa files from the apollo 11 landing are missing like i don't understand how that could that could go missing you know i have a receipt tom
2: DeLong's take on it when he was on joe rogan was well everyone's you know he said it's by design he's like oh yeah they you know something about like everyone's been arguing about whether or not we landed on the moon, uh, they don't stop long enough to go, oh, what did we find on the moon?
3: Mm-hmm. And Some people bring that up, but yeah.
2: Yeah, I think he's of the opinion that uh, the reason that the footage that we see is fake and looks fake is because they couldn't show us the real footage for some reason. And back to my point about that, those Russian cosmonauts talking about our impossible moon, maybe there is something on the moon that we don't... I'm not claiming I know. Yeah. I'm just saying like... That does. That's an interesting conspiracy theory. Mm. Like, you know, get them all excited talking about fake lunar landings at the same time. Yeah. Oh, we lost that footage. That must oh, be it's because you yeah. faked it. It's like, no, it's because you can't see the alien yeah, base that we yeah. found on the moon.
3: That must be where I just, while we're talking about this, I thought, I've heard this idea before where they plant an idea somewhere inside a conspiracy theory to kind of take your eye off the ball of the There's a the word, word for that, conspiracy. isn't it there?
2: It's like sheep dipped or something. I can't remember.
3: It's a cool phrase.
2: It's a military term. I'm trying to remember exactly what it means. I found a scotch called Sheep Dipped once and I had to buy it. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. But um, so um, are they faking an alien invasion? This (laughs) it sounds like a stupid question. It sounds ridiculous. But I would I would put to the uh, world that we should be paying attention to that question right Aware now. Aware that because, it's at least
3: a possibility.
2: Well, I mean, it's what a lot of military and government people are talking about. You know, the idea, and this mm-hmm. is, you know, disclosure of this, you know, is, uh, of exact, I, I don't know if they're ever going to disclose what's going on, but I don't know, well, how are we going to respond when there is some crazy claim that like aliens are visiting earth? You look at uh, Paul... Hellier. I was talking to a Canadian buddy of mine the other day, and he knew all about Paul Hellier. And I was like, yeah, he's former minister of defense of Canada. If you've never looked him up, do, you know, okay. do look him up. He, I mean, there's people like him that are high ranking that make very, he believes that there's multiple races of aliens that have been visiting Earth, that we have an alliance with them. He used taxpayer money to make a landing pad in Canada for UFOs. There's the former head of the Israeli space program. You can look up about a year ago. He came out and said the same thing, that there's a galactic federation of seven different races of aliens that have been visiting Earth for many, many years. And we've had an agreements with them. And it's far out there stuff. It's not like, oh, we saw something. It's like, oh, no, they're running the show, you know, like Hillary Clinton's a reptilian kind of stuff. But I mean, they could just be crazy. Are you looking at Paul Hellier?
3: Both, yeah. I found the uh first alien landing pad pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: My Canadian buddy knew all about it. He's like, oh yeah, he's a big deal in Canada. Yeah.
3: Looks like in uh Saint Paul, Canada, maybe. Hmm, that may not be it.
2: Yeah. Well, I I don't know. Um, for, that former Israeli is, space program guy. Yeah. He um again it's not just like we saw a ufo it's they've been with us for a long time yeah we have I'll, agreements with well
3: them. i mean i've heard those accounts of uh nuclear bases being shut down yeah like, oh, we maelstrom we we're about to turn the keys and then all of a sudden everything got turned off
2: and that's not that that was about a year ago there were several uh different uh nuclear facility operators who came forward and said different accounts of things like that, like mm-hmm. that UFOs were hovering over, that missile programs that were not connected
1: mm-hmm. were
2: being manipulated yeah. Yeah. with. And Russians, I've heard Russians claim the same thing.
3: Which that would be good news if the aliens are keeping us from firing nukes at each other. That leads me to believe that they're they're much more benign.
2: Well, than for it's it. not exactly. Yeah? Because- there's other people like Tom DeLonge talking about it. He, he, according to his CIA sources were, yeah. and I think Lou Elizondo talked about it too, is that no, they um, they were arming the Russian nukes. Oh. And that there were Russians that knew it wasn't us and they oh, turned them off. Oh,
0: okay.
2: So I think Lou is on record saying something like there are heroes over there that yeah, I've heard knew that,
3: that this was uh,
2: not, not a panic button moment.
3: It's um, a lot of discernment. Thanks, Tom's,
2: Tom's interpretation again, you want to go back. He's a crazy rock star, but, um, he's saying, you know, it's a little unsettling in that Joe Rogan interview, he said, there's like, when he, when he was kind of told what was going on, I can't by wait these, to listen back to that These yeah. Pentagon officials. He said he didn't sleep for three days. He said, it's a little unnerving, mm-hmm. but he also implies that it's not what we think it is like that. It's that we think it's little green men from another planet. And he's like, it's more like, He's alluded to, it's basically interdimensional. It's not, it's not always here. It's multiverse stuff like crossing over. I don't know.
3: It's never what you think it is.
2: I mean, if it's true, then a multiverse was crossing over, over my house back in 2020 Pretty on cool. Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for sticking with us. Let us know what you guys think of the concept of a faked alien invasion. Is that, uh, All that's going on, is that not going on? Is the phenomenon real? Uh, Is it not real? I think that uh, it's thankfully a subject that never gets exhausted. (laughs) And so part of me really hopes that they never land on the White House lawn because then I won't have much to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, right.
3: They'll really do it one day and you'll be like, well, I guess that's the end of the podcast, yeah.
2: Yeah, or I guess we could just start interpreting what they're saying to us or telling us to do.
3: Yeah. Well, if they're if they speak telepathically like Barney Hill says that they do, there's not going to be a lot of interpreting needed being done,
2: yeah. Well, very good. Thank you for joining us, guys. Please uh, like, subscribe, and share if you're a fan. We appreciate you so much, and uh, we will see you next time.